0: welcome in to another episode of too many points on the tell me more podcast i'm your host mac Moore here again with justin pemberton how's it going justin mac it's
1: going pretty well and uh happy uh new year to you and uh i can't express how happy i am that uh 2020 is about to be put to rest forever because uh i think we, we've all needed a, a fresh new start because this, this has been a rough year um minus our beloved chiefs one and all that's kind of the highlight of this year, but, uh, looking forward to a whole new year. And of course we got some bowl games. Uh, of course you and I were, were talking about the Oklahoma route last night, which was awesome to watch go big 12 and, uh, sec to heck with you and your cockiness. Uh, No, seriously. I mean, Florida was really being all cocky and everything, you know, before the ball game. Now they're going to be Oklahoma. That they're better than OU and then this and this and this. And and, well, it kind of back. It kind of backfired. Um, But anyway, good to be on, and uh, I'm looking
0: forward to talking nothing but football. Well, we'll throw. We're there's going to be some NBA on the end. It's not nothing but but uh, football. We're gonna have a little bit more. But uh, I watch a little NBA, so I could. Yeah, we we won't go too too deep we're just gonna we're gonna get started early takeaways uh from the and it's been a very strange start to the nba season with getting the the kickoff right at christmas just a couple games before so they i guess be prepared but nobody is prepared for the start of the season uh not even the teams that actually did make it into the playoffs definitely not the teams who uh haven't played basketball in eight months uh so yeah i think uh Interesting, the the lopsided results we saw the first week, and just kind of seeing what these teams look like because there was mass movement of uh, rebuilding rosters to get themselves ready for such a quick turnaround after they did the bubble uh, so late into the year. But uh, I'm definitely interested in that. But we will focus mostly on NFL. We'll start to have more NBA topics once we actually complete the NFL season. That's like the slow transition. That by sometime in February we'll have full on conversations about NBA. But for now. Uh, you brought up the the getting out of 2020. I don't have a lot of faith that 2021 is going to be better. There's not a lot of signs that uh, things that were wrong now are going to be fixed. But like you you mentioned, Chiefs uh, being the the highlight. Uh, my dad always told me that uh, Chiefs wouldn't win a Super Bowl until uh, hell froze over. So sure <laughs> enough, that's what happened in the beginning of 2020. We had a couple months of close to normal, and Chiefs won it all. Couldn't believe it, and society breaks down. So uh, who could have guessed that? But yeah. we, we, we did still have, you know, uh, sports got you know, back on track enough. We had a what is now a full NFL season. Uh, it looked a little dicey at times and still looks dicey. One of the playoff teams we'll end up talking about are possible playoff teams, the Browns, going into Week 17, needing to win, and facility shut down and mm-hmm. lost this last week with zero wide receivers. And uh, so it definitely is not made it through unscathed, but is still surprising we've gotten to the end here. So, uh, you know, as we start to break down the the final action, uh, you know, uh, the one thing we know consistently will happen, the one thing that uh, I'll always be right about in 2020, can't take it away from me, is just never bet on Kirk Cousins. Uh, Doesn't matter what the line (laughs) starts out as, don't do it. And uh, it's made me a lot of money this year. Uh, It paid off again uh, this last week with the the Saints and Vikings being the only uh, Friday game. uh, And the Saints win 52 to 33. Just a utter massacre. Alvin Kamara ends up getting six six touchdowns. Could have been seven. There was a freebie that goes to, to Taysom Hill. Uh, he said he likes to spread it around, which I think is, I love when it, you get six of seven touchdowns. Like, yeah, we like to spread it around here. Like, that's, first of all, hilarious. Uh, but, like, the record that he tied, I, 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 like, at this point, I don't even remember. Is it like Ernie Nevers of like the Bears in like 1931? I, like some that. of those, some of that information to, may be that, wrong, too. but I remember reading it and just being like, are you kidding me right now? Like, he's, he's tying a rushing record from back when you couldn't pass the ball forward. So guy, like crazy.
1: And the guy gave me what 52.6 fantasy points. Oh. I mean, the the only other breakout I had in another league, which I believe was on NFL.com, was tyree Hill's big game against I had that Buccaneers as well. Buccaneers 30, 7, 70, like 70 fantasy points. I mean, which ended up being top five all time in fantasy, or no, sixth all time. Because Jerry Rice has the has the all-time uh, best uh, performance as far as fantasy points. Was uh,
0: that the strike, like, coming back from the strike? Wasn't that the, 19... the huge game yet?
1: No, I think it was 94. I think it was their year when they won it all, I think. Isn't that
0: the strike year? is Isn't that, the, like, after no, the strike? No,
1: that was um, – you're thinking of uh, eighty, either 81 or uh, –
0: no, I'm oh, thinking of a 90s one that was... Uh, no, 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 80, 80, 83, 83? I'm yeah. trying to remember. I don't... We, do you, we'll, we'll Google it later. We'll you, Google it later. You, you, the you, point you, is, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice owns everything. Like right. Jerry Rice has just straight up, uh, like, we've had this, I, I think it was like Randy Moss and uh, Terrell Owens that, you know, they're like arguing over who's the best wide receiver. And you're like even if we're talking about, like, peak performance. Jerry Rice, like, is just now barely, like, I used to make this joke that it was, like, he's an entire Anquan Bolden career ahead of the second guy. Larry Fitzgerald is starting to cut into that, so I have to keep moving down the list, and it's usually some random wide receiver. It's not as cool of a name, but imagine that. For, like, three years, I just kept saying, Jerry Rice is an Anquan Bolden better than the next best wide receiver career. Like, he did it in an era where it was less passing. Like, there, just stop. Mm -hmm. There's no argument. There's none. There's zero. There is a lot for quarterback. There's a lot for right there. You can go every other position. Wide receiver is the only one that Jerry Rice has utterly locked down. And I can't even imagine the type of career it would take to one-up him. Like, we've not seen it, and we probably won't see it. And even if you did, like, the numbers would have to be so staggering because you then have to weigh in the fact that we're in this passing era where every quarterback record's being broken. Like, there should be a wide receiver that can catch up. And even if they do, it won't mean as much as when Jerry Rice did it. So, so. The, guy, the
1: guy you had to go back to before Rice, who had the all-time, I think, record for uh, – was it receiving yards, I think, was Steve Largent, yeah. the former uh, Seahawks star. I mean, he was the, quote, goat at receiver before Jerry Rice became bad. So – and ever since then, I mean it's just you just nail it on the on the head, man. He, he's he's the ultimate goat. And yeah, we've we've had many really good ones, you know, come through Moss, Owens, um, Fitzgerald, and et cetera, but none of them can match what Jerry Rice did. He is the
0: ultimate goat at that position. Yeah, there's there's nobody who's gonna catch up, but no. you see those type of stats and you're just staggered by it. And in Alvin Kamara's case, like he could have one of those all-time type careers. I mean, he's built to be a modern running back. When we talk about, like, running backs not having value, well, you have more value when you have, are – They have massive value. value. They have <laughs> yeah. massive value.
1: When you can use a running back to come out of the backfield in the passing game, I mean, people don't realize how valuable that is. I mean,
0: that I mean is- it's valuable, but, like, you're not more valuable than another running back because there are a lot of guys who can be, you know, replacement level running and catch the ball out of the backfield. And even when you're elite, a lot of it is more like draft value, but then it's also when you pay them too much, like the difference between the top running back and like the 20th running back is generally nothing. And so that's the value. It's not that they're not important in a football game. It's that no guy is more important than another guy. Alvin Kamara is one of the few that kind of transcends that. And we do have a uh, a new guest joining uh, real fast. Nick Adams, first time he's come on to one of my sports pods, and I think ever, but maybe just a long time. But uh, Nick, we were just talking about Alvin Kamara and his six-touchdown performance. That's so a good time to jump in. Uh, wh- well, what did you think of that? Did you get to watch Alvin Kamara just uh, casually rattle off six and have Taysom Hill stop him from getting the record of all time?
2: Well, it's definitely one of those games that you know frustrates you if you're going against him in a fantasy league. And the kind of game that you really just want to blow your brains out sometimes.
0: Oh, so we got the opposite here. Justin was just talking about having Alvin Kamara. Now we got the guy who lost Alvin Kamara. This a good, good balance. But it was
2: a running thing for the, a lot of the season. He's such a good receiving back uh, and you get so many extra points that way throughout the season. So it, it wasn't like, yeah, it was an anomaly in that it was six touchdowns, but it wasn't an anomaly in that he was just wrecking people's to check.
1: Well, plus, you're you're facing a terrible Vikings defense that lost a lot of people, you know, last offseason. And uh, it's it's just been a tough year for Minnesota. And there's going to probably be some changes, maybe, on that side of the ball. Okay, not maybe. There is going to be. And possibly a new head coach. Maybe. I don't know about the whole situation with Zimmer, but uh, you would think things are going to start to kind of change at that area, too. So it's really no surprise to see Alvin Kamara and the Saints, you know, just absolutely explode on the Vikings at all.
0: Yeah, and I I don't even have a Zimmer high on my list of, like, coaches that need to be fired, but you never know It is, it's within the realm of possibility. I think in all actuality, the number one problem and the one that they can't really get past right now, it's just Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins swindled them with the contract and he's just not very good at football. And it's going to be Mm -hmm. a long time before the Vikings can get over that because they have all the other players in position. They have a a running back like Dalvin Cook who can match a similar style to to Kamara. And Mm -hmm. they have Justin Jefferson even comes in and replace... Stephon Diggs. So the fact that you could avoid that big of a loss and still not like improve from it and, is it's a sign that the quarterback position, which is the most important in football is not working for the, the, the Vikings. And you got to fix that and, before you do anything and, else. And can I, can I just
1: pass along the fact that Jefferson passed Randy Moss, what the most receiving yards by a, a Vikings rookie receiver. Like you kidding Crazy me? Stuff.
0: You kidding me? It's insane. Like, like in, no. in the idea is like, that's a great season. I remember it, like when Randy Moss does it, he gets the Vikings to what, like 15 and one, him yep. and Chris Carter just dominating the league. And I mean, then you look at again. you look at Wait. this year, Vikings mean nothing.
2: Oh, yeah. And I think maybe that's the nature of how much passing has changed in 20 years, because that's when true. Randy Moss is doing it, the kids in the schoolyard are saying, you know, Randy Moss, you know, catching it. I don't know mm-hmm. what many kids are saying. Jefferson, maybe
0: they are. <laughs> No, they're saying moss. They're yet. still just saying <laughs> moss. Like, you're getting mossed. Now we've turned it into an adjective that. Uh, and I the latest
1: use. to be mossed is Mahomes. Did you see that? And then you see the Mahomes comment saying, Oh, I won't be surprised if moss puts me on. You got mossed. Well, sure enough. Mahomes, I mean, you got mossed. Is that why you got benched this upcoming? Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
0: Definitely. Couldn't, couldn't finish off uh, the fly route. So, uh, yeah, just uh, not good enough to be on an NFL football field. Uh, yeah, I, at some point we'll end up talking about the the, the Chiefs in and, and that game. And uh, I, was, I was definitely surprised. Even as somebody who has uh, used the Falcons' resurgence late in the year to help me on some bets, uh, I did not expect a game that the Falcons would keep up with the Chiefs uh would be as uh defensive focused as that game, so uh definitely a lot of things to talk about uh with that one uh anything else for Viking saints before we start moving on we got uh a lot yeah. of these uh these games I'm trying to think of which ones matter like I normally wouldn't want to talk about dolphins Raiders, but God, it's just been hilarious to. To Raiders. To. keep it, losing And and magic man like i at this point if if what would your guys' decision be on quarterback if you are the Dolphins coach? Do you just play Fitzpatrick here on out? He's your clearly your best option, and now you're actually in the playoffs, so this idea of getting reps for your future starter, like, yeah, now we need one that can win today. Or is it very clear that Fitzpatrick, when the pressure is on, does not look like Fitzmagic, and the best way to get the most out of him is to start Tua and yank him every game to throw in Fitzpatrick to take over and win you ball games here heading into the postseason.
1: Oh that is Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um that, that that's that's tough. That is so tough. But uh, I mean I, I think you're you're clearly seeing a uh it's like nine day with Tua and and Fitzpatrick. When when Fitz comes in, he's a little more productive. You're seeing more completed passes, you're seeing uh More yardage downfield, even when, when you're getting your head yanked off and you still complete a pass, which was that was insane. OK, there, there's 19 seconds left. You're thinking that game was in the bag for the Raiders.
0: And I never think that with the Raiders.
1: No, so I, I guess I shouldn't either. And I will just say football is better when every single screw is loose and every single individual's head for the Raiders. It's better. It's perfect
2: i'm not a fan of the logic of like trying to get your future some reps i think your future is your future and you just got to make that decision later i i never thought they worked aaron Rodgers in you know uh when he was like you know a rookie or in his first years or same thing with patrick Mahomes, they didn't like Mm -hmm. somebody in and transition into the future at some point you just cut it off and say counter
0: counterpoint josh allen He did not throw he 52% completion the first year, 55 the next year, 57, something under 60. Now he is close to 70%. He right. is right there. His stats line up with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And if you try to work him in the way that other quarterbacks have for basically the history of football, like you pull, you basically bench him year one, you're done with it. Like, you're like, this is not a guy who can play NFL football, all of our concerns, like the, that upside doesn't matter because he's not good enough to play. But instead you decided that's the guy we're going to figure out how to make it work. And we're just leaving him in there because we have faith that when we get to the other side, he will be the, the ceiling. He will be the greatest version of this player. And so they went with it. So your question is, it's like, do you think that's what two is going to be? Cause we know what the greatest version of Fitzpatrick is it's, good enough to win you games against bad teams or surprise you against a couple good teams, but he's never going to string off three wins to get you to a Super Bowl. And if anything, he's just taking away those reps from Tua that can get you a guy who will be better and will be your future. So if you believe in Tua at all, you can't bench him for Fitzpatrick like long-term. Like, it's one thing to do it in a game. I thought the first time they benched him was to save him from himself because he was getting his head taken off because he kept going too far back and just had pass rushers murdering him. But now it's, it's going to be a confidence issue. You're going to wreck this kid. And if you ha- if have any plans for him to be your guy of the future, you can't just run with Fitzpatrick throughout this year. Like, you can't bench him for the playoff run. Well,
2: I mean, neither one of them would be the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. So
0: could Nick they? Foles. Have-
1: Nick Foles. Trent Dilfer.
0: <laughs> Brad Johnson. <laughs> we just beat you. Like, that was three, man, real fast.
1: Yeah, so could
2: FitzPatrick lead the team to the Super Bowl? It a FitzPatrick type has done it
0: before. Yeah, they also had like mm-hmm. the best team and they like just didn't ruin it. That's not what the Dolphins are. It's good <laughs> as much as the Dolphins have been a fun story this year, that's not <laughs> what's happening in Miami. So, maybe maybe it's just it that magic like, you know, maybe it's a Joe Flacco type like perfect run. But even this this Dolphins team isn't even what the Ravens were when Flacco just had, you know, that no. stretch of finally being a real quarterback. So I, I like, once again, it's not that he would never be able to win, but he sure as hell is not the guy that's like, well, we got to go with him because he gives us the best chance of winning a Super Bowl. You Ooh. are going to kill his confidence for a guy who's going to give you marginally better chance of winning two more games over the next two weeks.
1: OK, so speaking of uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, it just came down that he tested positive. <laughs> I don't mean to
0: laugh I'm only so, laughing at wow. the irony of the situation, not the medical side, I, I just
1: it. I just saw the I saw I got the uh the text alert from the NFL app on my phone and it, that's what it said so Tua, uh, you're gonna have to win on your own bud oh, there's, there's no all the problem options. for
0: it and then that's why I'm laughing is like we just had this conversation like never mind
1: you can't go put you can't go put the dolphins' uh, mascot in there and go suit up and play, so it's it's all up. To and, well
0: yeah so and and we'll we'll see how he plays when he doesn't have you know Fitzpatrick looking over his shoulder. Yep. I assume not any better, but whatever uh we, we we'll see what happens. He's had a very tough rookie year. um do we want to talk about the buccaneers at all other than like when you beat the the Lions nah. that thoroughly? Like, what if we learned from the Buccaneers? Have any of our opinions changed from a team that is clearly one of the better teams in the NFC but also has just not had anything other than there, there are games where they beat bad teams thoroughly and then against good teams, the only real thing they have on their record was taking down the Packers, which seemed to just be an anomaly. Everything else has been, okay, we know that that offense is crazy good. We know there's a lot of pieces there. They have not had any sort of stretch that says this is going to be a team that is, uh, you know, I'm not sure they can beat the Saints with whatever weird quarterback situation the Saints are stuck in, let alone beat what the Packers are right now. So when you look at that type of win, does that change any of your opinion of where the Buccaneers are? Does that make you think, okay, at least we know they're hot going into the playoffs, which they have to be hella hot on offense to even have a chance?
1: No, um, I I got pretty much the same opinion about them. They're just you know they're they're beating the teams are supposed to be. What they're like what nine and O against teams that are like non playoff contenders, and then when they face the good teams, like you said Mac minus the Packers, uh, they just don't they don't play as well. Uh, so. I mean yeah, anything could change, you know, come playoff time, they can get on a hot run cuz you got Brady who is just known for going off playoff runs all the time. So, mm-hmm. anything's possible, but until I see it, I'm just not going to change my overall view on, on the Buccaneers. They are a team that is good enough to get into the playoffs. And I mean, what 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 kind of success has Bruce Arians had as a head coach in the playoffs? Like this is this is his first go around, isn't it? I mean, I can't remember. Did he go with the Cardinals
0: to the playoffs? Uh, He had to have, right? And then he would have been... Oh, with Carson uh, with, The Colts uh, Carson as, like, Palmer. stepping in, right? And like Carson, he was Paul- going-
1: Carson Palmer, when they went yeah. to the NFC Championship game and lost to the Panthers really bad.
0: Yeah, I'd have to imagine... He, I haven't looked, but he, he had that. And then wasn't he the one who stepped in for Pagano for yes. the, the Colts? So technically he's the, the head coach, you know, in, in that. Okay. So there's
1: there's some success, but it's it's a very small sample size. So, But overall point is until I see further results with the Buccaneers, I'm just going to keep thinking the same thing. And uh, the best at right now, what they could do in my mind is maybe win one game and lose in the, Divisional round, and then I, I think a, a little bit higher of
2: them. Then uh, I also oh, the championship conference. Yeah, I think I think it's plenty reasonable that they could make it to the conference championship, probably against Green Bay and max out there. But uh, like Brady has impressed me. I would have taken the under on any stat of Brady, you know, a few months ago to think like, oh, is this going to work? Uh, And it exceeded my expectations. When you
0: say a few months ago, are you meaning the before the season or early in the season?
2: Before the season.
0: Because before the season, like, I wasn't sure, but I would have bet it would have gone well just because I I don't look at what happened last year with the Patriots as on Tom Brady getting old. I mean, obviously there are those – it's like marginal uh, deterioration of like – the the arm strength the you know all these things but they were bad because they had nobody to throw to and as much as we think that's what the Patriots have had every year this was the first year where it was completely bare cupboard nobody there to 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 sling the ball around to and that we watched that offense not be able to move it but the moment you put him in with this star studded cast and then you tell me that Rob Gronkowski's gonna go on the field I didn't think Rob Gronkowski would necessarily have this type of performance. Cause he's now rounding into being uh, nearly as good as he was. Uh, I wouldn't say in his prime, but that, that sort of uh, he, he's getting the stats of banged up Gronkowski, even though he's healthy right now. And that's, that's, that's a hell of a, uh, you know, option to have for him. Yeah. I thought he'd have a pretty decent year. He'd add something to him, particularly when they have as many guys as they have in Tampa Bay. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I would have predicted he would have Tom Brady would have had this great statistical season, but I definitely thought it was going to be this huge jump. I didn't think they were just going to fall on their face. Now, early in the year, there were a couple of games where like, shit, maybe they can. And it didn't (laughs) turn around until that Packers game. And you're like, never mind. And you see Tom Brady. I think the, the biggest thing is the only thing I'm really surprised by is that the arm strength is there that arm strength that I didn't see last year. And it wasn't like people talked about it like he had no arm. That's not the case. But it wasn't the same Tom Brady arm. And he's never been a guy who was an elite deep passer anyways. But he had you know, good enough arm strength to do it when he needed to. This year, he's just been chucking the ball around. That ball has come out faster than it has in like six years for him. And that's probably the main thing that I'm like, okay, what is the difference here? Like, is it just knowing that you have a guy like Mike Evans, you're willing to put that unleash it because if the ball is not quite as accurate as it is normally, Mike Evans is the type of receiver who's going to pull it down. Gronk's going to pull it down. So you just take those risks. I don't know what it is. Or if it's just he had that much more to prove, so he came in in the best shape he could be. But that's probably been the most surprising. I just also don't know if that's going to be the big enough difference to get you over when we've seen them, fall short enough times against good teams this year this season
1: i'll throw in uh maybe another possibility and that's the climate change maybe you, you, you're you going from <laughs> I like that i'm just i'm wow. just i'm just throwing, I'm just throwing it in there i mean you go from playing cold weather to where you don't have quite the same you know arm strength you have know, to really get it out there to now go and play in warm tampa bay in florida most of the yeah. time um you I, got tom brady, like
0: half of his games though are going to warmer places and he didn't magically have a stronger arm though so i don't, I don't know if he, more- he's just getting out more he's not trapped inside if, from the it's, cold it's, i don't know it's it's, it's,
1: it's, it's not the main reason i'm just throwing it out there mac it, it's just it's
2: uh <laughs> in in my, in my head i thought that tom brady was going to be like my action figures after i had played with them you know for a long time and the arms would just kind of dangle and they could, they would never stay up, they were just gone. thought <laughs> so, yeah. Putting Brady in a retirement home community
0: uh,
2: <laughs> really brought him back to life. That's
0: fair. Board. All right, uh, 49ers Cardinals is the other Friday game, but I don't really care to talk about it. it seems like Cardinals hopefully are just a, a year out, the pieces don't quite line up, and then we know that the 49ers have uh, really enjoyed playing spoiler to potential playoff teams. so uh, I think that's really all there is there for that twenty twelve game. I didn't think I learned anything uh, extra from it. Uh, going down to the, the the slate of Sunday games. Is uh, Kyler
2: Murray elite? Say what? Is Kyler Murray elite?
0: I'll give it another year, and then we'll we'll go, we'll come back to it. All right. Uh, so that, that question was brought
1: up this morning on First Take, hmm. and it's not if he can't lead a team to the playoffs, he's not considered elite.
0: Yep, cuz Patrick uh, Aaron Rodgers stopped being elite when he uh missed the the playoffs. Like
2: there's 16 elite or what? 15 elite quarterbacks
0: in And yeah, one of them might be Baker Mayfield.
1: <laughs> you guys have a looser definition of elite than
0: me. <laughs> hey, it's not me. It,
1: I'm I'm just I'm just repeating also, what I heard. But he also You cannot make
0: the playoffs and still be elite. That happens. I mean, it doesn't happen as much because there are elite guys who will themselves in. But uh, Nick, you can't make that face. Was Aaron Rodgers not elite when they finished like nine and seven? Heck, yeah,
2: he was. I think, well, I, I, Then I think like elite is
1: like top three.
2: But Look at, I the, always, I look like at the other
1: parts of your team. Like get an actual defense that knows how to stop people for once. It's a very polite defense. And work on getting your rookie linebacker who's a stud. At least he was in college, local kid, local product. Simmons to play better, and maybe get a new head coach, maybe because he's on the
0: hot seat. Possibly. No. You just want everybody in the hot seat, Justin. I don't know what's happening right now. You're like just everybody
2: more, more people should be in danger of being fired. Like just as a rule.
0: Yeah. Fire everybody every single year. Yep. If you didn't didn't make the playoffs, you're not elite. Team doesn't hot. want you. You're out. Yeah. Uh, it's it's we don't need relegation in NFL. We just need massive firings every season. I would, I
2: would do nothing but one day contracts for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 come to my office and I'll tell you if you're still.
0: <laughs> oh, the best boss in the world, Nick Adams. Uh, Browns Jets. Uh, this is a game with a lot of people positioned oh, uh, be fired. Uh, oh boy! But oh, boy! They are doing everything they can to keep their jobs now. Jets get a twenty-three to sixteen win. Uh, Over a Browns team that is just ravaged by positive uh, COVID cases. Uh, No wide receivers. Uh, They lost a couple linebackers. Uh, Like, just so much missing there. Run the the ball. Well, you can't run the the ball. ball. This is the the perfect point. This is why people need to understand football better. Like, you can't just magically run the football if they know 100% you can't throw the ball. Not only because Baker Mayfield's not all that great of a quarterback, but also because. He has nobody to throw it to. They have to pull in four random guys and throw them out there and see what happens. They've never even learned the offense. Like, when you have that, there is no way you could just say, even that we watched this rushing attack murder people all year. Like, they, the Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb are a backfield that is so dangerous, but you have nothing. And That's why the running back value is gone. You have nothing if you can't at least be a threat to pass the ball. Because teams can shut you down if they know that's all you can do. Literally, Derrick Henry might be the only guy who can run when they know 100% he's going to run the ball. And the Titans it's have crazy. found a way to finally have it where Tannehill's throwing the ball. So that mm-hmm. th- there's nobody else. The, the way rushing attacks work, as elite as you are, you have to have that threat to throw. So the idea of why didn't you run the ball? Because running the ball didn't work. They got shut down in that game. And there was nothing else they could do except try to throw the ball, try to get back in it. And they end up losing to the Jets. Uh, that one, I don't hold anything against the Browns. You couldn't win that game. And it looks like they're going to be in that same situation while uh, a very tight AFC. Uh, easily the Browns can find themselves on the outside. it would be no fault of their own. Now they've had the Browns practice facility shut down. Uh, it's going to be very hard for them to, to win this week and, and get into the playoffs. It will be the one time that uh, I'm not going to say Baker Mayfield gets to stay in the elite category by not making the playoffs because he was never elite to begin with. But I will say that I'm not going to hold it against Baker Mayfield and the rest of this Brown squad if they find themselves on the outside because they 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 just ran into a very bad circumstance in the final two weeks of the year.
1: And Jets, bravo for blowing no. your opportunity. Hey, no, no. Good, no, good, good,
2: good on the Jets. That's good sportsmanship to keep playing and winning. You guys
0: are both wrong here. Don't ever clap for the Jets. And no, Nick. The Jets did mess up by not getting Trevor Lawrence. Like Jaguars, they're genius. They came out the first week, they showed how good they were. They won the you game, know, and then they they're like, teams "Okay, teams now let's cool. do what we need to do to get Trevor Lawrence." Good job by Jacksonville. Bad job by Nick and Justin during this part of the. I would this fire show. them.
2: I would. I would fire anybody who's tanking.
0: And by the way, Mac, I was doing a. a hey, start- Greg Williams. <laughs> Mac, I was. I was trying
1: to do a sarcastic clapping. You know, way to go, Jets, for blowing your opportunity.
0: Clear, didn't like it. Oh, uh well, next know, up, cold, cold steelers. Uh, this is a I swear to God, uh, I tweeted out the like very early in the game. I had uh it was one of the you know, like old takes exposed or whatever that Twitter account is. Uh I was basically calling out Jackson Schneider, one of the guests I've had on the show, who early in the year, I think the conversation started from like Aaron Rodgers and how long he'll play. But by the end, it was Jackson saying that Big Ben's gonna play till he's 42, and I'm like, I swear to God, if if Big Ben makes it a 42, fine. Every quarterback is gonna make it till 42. That's in my head what's going to happen. But it's it, like I, I get that we that we're gonna have these quarterbacks keep getting older, but I still think it's just gonna be the handful of elite guys, even if they don't make it in a Knicks category of elite. Those are gonna be the guys who can play into their 40s. But even with the rule changes, it's just not going to be like the standard. And a guy like Big Ben, who's taking so many hits, won't make it there. Well, as we get to the end of the year, and I finally remembered I should shove that in his face that Big Ben has played terribly, I tweet that out, and that is literally the spark that leads Big Ben to just destroy the Colts, make the comeback. And I'm just like, never mind, sorry, my bad. Exact wrong time to criticize Big Ben and the fact he can't throw down the field because uh, he decided to specifically prove me wrong and throw down the field. Nick, you seem to have already been upset. I don't even know which point uh, you want to jump on, but I'll let you have at it. Uh, what do you think uh, uh, of this game and Big Ben getting back, uh, you know, uh, into looking yeah. like a quarterback and the Colts, uh, Phil Rivers doing what he always does?
2: Uh, there's an old saying that even a Big Ben is right twice a day. Uh, and yep. in this in this case, I don't know. Fine, maybe it's a, a terrible five-game skid you know, in the end of the season would have been too much um, to kind of hope for, but and it's like, all right, they they can get this win. Um, I don't know. I still don't like them even against like the Browns or whatever first round matchup they end up with in the playoffs.
0: I mean, uh, if the Browns can't get everybody back healthy and even if they do, I mean, look how long it's taken teams that have had those outbreaks. I think the Titans might be the only one that kind of came out on the other side and made it through without taking a huge step back. But uh, the Ravens fell apart. Uh, and, and, you know, I think with the Titans, it was more kind of like specific players that were knocked out and like the inability to get themselves back in the practice facility. But it wasn't like a big chunk of key contributors getting COVID and having to recover from it. Uh, you know, if the, if the Browns have that and they're, they're, you know, having guys who are missing a couple weeks of practice, maybe get on the field just a little bit for that game. Steelers, you know, historically, I know it doesn't have any bearing on this specific team, but they just don't lose first round playoff games. Like, if the Steelers make the playoffs, they're winning at least one before they get booted out. Like, that's historically what the Steelers have done. And with the Steelers team, uh, I don't think that the uh, 11-0 start with how bad they've fallen off means that, you know, you should just, well, they they have still the potential to get together during the playoffs. I think they've always had a lot of flaws, but the fact that they were a team that were able to pull that off at their best, if they can correct this at all, I will take them over the bottom part of the, the teams that slip into the playoffs, definitely the browns and then i'd say the titans and then it's tough then there's a lot of teams because i'm not sure which one makes it in but obviously they just beat the colts so i i think there are those bottom teams that barely slip in that they get and then the the top half uh, you know very little chance against the bills and then i think a ravens team that otherwise the sealers look like this was going to be a year they get to dominate the Ravens shoved in their face. Now I think heading into the postseason, the Ravens are a much better bet than the Steelers.
2: Look, the Steelers beat the Ravens both, both times this year.
0: I think so. accurate? Exactly, right. right?
1: Uh, to look and see if they did.
0: See. I the, do know that the Ravens are playing both, great right now. I think both of those
2: things sound right. That it's like that the Steelers yeah, beat them, but also I would not take the Steelers. I would take the Ravens over the Steelers in a third matchup.
0: Also, uh, weren't yeah. they the first time that, uh, I think it was, uh, was it the Ravens beating the Steelers twice and then the Steelers beat them in the playoffs or the other way around? I believe that was the first time that there was a third matchup where the the team that got beat the first two times ends up either they won the third one or they the first time they lost all three. Whatever it was, it was like a huge deal back, like, I don't know, 2007, 2008, where they uh, were the first time that that had happened, where uh, a team facing three times, whatever the the thing that hadn't been done, I think Steelers, Ravens were the ones who did it for the first time.
1: And so, so by the way, the Steelers did sweep Baltimore by a combined nine points. Solid.
0: I think right there. now, without a doubt, I'd, I'd go with the the Ravens playing better, but you know, I still don't think a Browns team that is going through what they're going through right now, if they can slip into the playoffs, uh, will be able to to beat the Steelers. And then Colts, you know, I mean, they should have won. The Colts should have been able to to hold on to that game. So I, I don't yeah. think it's impossible to imagine them winning against the Steelers. I just I think the Steelers will get a win, and then they'll get tossed the the, the second week. Yeah, yeah. but we when you got
1: Colts. You, you you shoot them. <laughs> and we, well, hey, when you got Philip Cryby, or Rivers. <laughs> always, always gonna find a way to mess you up you know where you're gonna end up being
0: yeah i always feel bad for him though because then you get like at the end of the game they're, like they're blaming him and i'm like there was nowhere to throw the ball like he wouldn't he didn't throw like a stupid interception that he normally does it was just they didn't convert they didn't get the win like the, how is that old rivers and that's all everybody said like there's rivers being rivers again like Losing that like most uh, 50% of the teams lose. That's it that's not true. A, I mean, true. Rivers yeah,
1: you're, you're going away from the running game, you're not using your stud rookie
0: running back who's yeah, really you're trailing. Great. You have to move down the field and score. Like, I, I think at some point in time, like, Phillip Rivers losing in the closing minutes is not on Phillip Rivers if he's not throwing a boneheaded interception. Like, uh, at some point, we can't just say because they lost the game, like, that's that's Rivers again.
2: Well, he's made a career out of it. So I think you can say that that's kind a of why people
0: do it because <laughs> he's made a career out. Of... Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to wait to make fun of him when he throws a last second interception. I
1: mean, Those he, are the, he, he, the he makes, he makes Brett Favre look smart sometimes. And we know Brett Favre's the king of
0: interceptions. Is he? Is yes. All time, all time, all time leader. Yeah. But that's just because he played the longest and uh, he took chances, man. Well, if you uh, lead, if you you if you
1: lead in some, you're the king. I could imagine Phillip Rivers playing
2: in more games than Brett Favre eventually. He'll get
0: there. Yeah. So let's see. I don't know if I care about anything else that happened this last week. I think at some point we'll just have to jump straight to the Chiefs. I mean – I don't oh. care about Cowboys, Eagles. Uh, just
1: real, real quick, I know we didn't we didn't really touch on this when we were talking Dolphins, Raiders. But uh, did you like Gruden's decision to tell Jacobs to slide and not score the touchdown?
2: No, no.
1: Jake Jacobs
2: was on my team. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that that's painful. That's painful.
1: Mm. That's I mean.
0: You, you play the analytics, and if things don't work out for you, then, you know, that, that, that's what happens. Uh, it's just funny when it's the Raiders because it blows up in their face. Like, they can't right. even do the smart things right, and I love it. It's so fun to watch. Um, I would have scored. I would have
1: scored the touchdown. But, of course, there was only 19 seconds eventually left, and all you got to do is just stop him. I mean, it's not, you, know, you can't really blame the offense. You can't blame Gruden's decision-making. He said himself. He doesn't regret the decision. He just regrets the results.
0: Yeah, it's one of the few times I agree with John Gruden. Uh, bears, Jaguars, you get the Bears getting a 41-17 a win. The only reason I bring this up is because we've now gotten the stretch at the end of a Chicago season where they're not good, they're clearly not good, and Mitch Trubisky plays just good enough for them to have the conversation. Do we re-sign Mitch Trubisky? And there's That's nothing so more stupid. bears than that. It's so great.
1: Oh my gosh! Was what, was that?
0: what was that, Nick? What was the one?
1: Resign him for one day.
0: <laughs> That's a good plan, actually. Not, I don't and, know and how, a, how you write that contract, but
1: don't don't franchise tag him and sign him to a five year contract or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> That'd It'd be, be hilarious. Stupid. That'd be stupid. It'd be typical Chicago, I think, if they did that. Man, their, their history of, of quarterbacks is just pathetic. It really is. I mean, outside McMahon, who was okay, he wasn't great in 85. It was that Bears defense that carried them to the championship.
0: I'm a big and... Rex Grossman fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Rex Grossman.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kyle Orton. Oh, the names. Jim Miller. Jim Harbaugh. Uh, yeah. Cordell Stewart.
0: Yeah. Was... Not wow. even good Cordell Stewart. Because uh, John- only Jonathan Steelers Green. only got that for like half a season.
1: Craig Krenzel, the former Ohio State quarterback played for them. I got told that I looked like Kyler
2: Kyler Ky, Kyle Orton one time. Really? And, yeah. Mm. And so he made it an awesome shape, And and I did I I wasn't
1: flattered by it.
0: Yeah, I don't think you have a lot of features the same. You just have the same head shape.
1: Mm. But hey, he was part of that upset win for the Chiefs against the Packers and they were undefeated.
0: That was beautiful. Yeah, it's the only thing I know from Kyle Orton's career that matters. So. <laughs> he did make a lot of money by doing nothing, which I—he's in the top five. He's—he might be in the, the the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks who never did anything but made a shit ton of money. And number one, uh, Chase, Chase Daniel. Daniel, Chase Daniel is uh, leading that one, although he Absolutely. hasn't made enough money to be worth enough for people to say his last name correctly. So, I mean, did he? Re- is it really worth it to him? Does does he really think? that sticking around this long to have one more time being called Chase Daniels is worth it. He seems to think so, and I'd probably do the same. Uh, We got, I don't care about Bengals, Texans, Chargers, Broncos. I I care about Justin Herbert. So I've watched a little bit of it, but I don't care to talk about it. Pass through
1: rookie record touchdowns.
0: I think uh, Panthers, Washington, uh, the big thing just being with Washington losing and that kind of fairy tales kind of coming to an end. And then now we get, you know, uh, the, the, the last chance. And, you know, I, I brought this up, uh, Justin, I kept saying every week that I'm like, Washington is in control, but the Cowboys still have the easiest schedule. They still have the path and now they get to beat the Eagles. And all of a sudden we are in this moment where, I mean, pulling up the standings real fast. Do the Eagles still have the two games out now? So that, that moment that tie could have came in, but sure enough, it's, Easier schedule. Cowboys can uh take this one here while the Washington really has nothing left in the tank. So uh I don't know. I don't know how much money I made on that bet. I have to go and check my uh with my book my bookie, but uh y'all should have listened to me like five weeks ago, man. Like it it, it may it may seem like everything's lost now
1: for Washington, but everything is uh, lost. Hey, Ron Rivera, don't count him out. He's
0: gonna go out and play quarterback.
1: I mean as far as but, me I mean, it's getting this team ready, prepared to try to win a game. That's why, I me. Mean, I'm not saying the only
0: chance they have is that the Eagles are terrible. But I, they, like if this was Carson Wentz running it, I'd still wait. I'd wait and see. But I think Jalen Hurts has enough for them to beat this Washington team. That while they have a good defense, uh they that that offense, there's just nothing there now. It's and and uh, you just have to imagine with the way they should have had it, the way that they were in position. And then, you know, Seahawks game, you don't expect them to win, but they had a shot. Uh, You'd have to beat the Panthers, and now you are just in a situation where it's do or die. And, yeah, I think I think they're going to find their way on the outside looking in. I'd be hella surprised if Washington gets that win and gets in over the Cowboys. That's
1: fair. That's I fair. was surprised enough that it's the Sunday night game. Yeah, that was a bit – I didn't see that coming. I thought it would just be a – It'd be right there with all the other Sunday games, either at noon or 3 25.
0: Well, it's like there's only a few games that have, you know, actual, yep. like, chance right. to make the playoffs, chance to move around. Everything's kind of mm-hmm. short up. So, Uh, As bad as the NFC East is, it's the most intriguing division in football right now for one more week, and then it's gone.
2: It's kind of intriguing in the way that a roadkill of an animal that you're not quite sure what animal it is, is intriguing. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on there? Like some kind of
0: I was hoping I, I thought it really would come down to I thought it would be a five win team I, and it was pretty damn close to happening Washington needed some miracles down the stretch uh Cowboys uh I think a lot of it was just kind of uh figuring out how to play with it being Andy Dalton as the backup like they had to remember that they had good pieces outside of Dak Prescott and they're like we're still bad but like we're better than these other teams of the NFC East it took them a bit to remember uh, but, yeah, it was pretty damn close to getting a five-win team, being the divisional winner, and making the I playoffs. Beautiful. I would have
2: I, I been rooting for that.
0: So, uh, all of that, I, I think there is some interesting. It's just not good football. So, uh, it'll no. be more interesting when whichever team, uh, I swear to God, if one of them wins a playoff game, I'm going to be very upset. But uh, <laughs> that, that's all for – is there is there any other game that we haven't talked about other than the Chiefs? that we want to hit for week 16 before we knock out a couple bets and then get a tiny bit of NBA talk before we head on out?
1: Uh, Let's see. Um, Oh, I got to step out for a second here.
0: All right, so I'm going to look here. Jumped Uh, to week 17. I,
2: I had not even looked at odds or anything like that when you're talking about
0: bets. And I guess we did did we talk all that much about the Titans? I think that's a that's an interesting one because Titans Packers like I don't know how much that moves the needle for me for the Packers, although it is the first game against a playoff team where, you know, we we talk about the Packers kind of blowing out teams. This is the first one against what has been a good team this year. Um that that I think is important, but I think I had already kind of looked at it as Packers had kind of moved themselves to the the one spot and until I see uh, Drew Brees return for the Saints and be able to uh, you know just not wince every time somebody touches him uh, I think that was that's kind of like the Saints could steal it away but I think that's one and two easily and I don't think anything the Packers did gets them more over the Saints I think they were already just kind of placeholder for the Saints until future notice. Once the Saints show me that Drew Brees is healthy and able to, to you know, be himself when he's out there, then I think the Saints just take it. Because as good as the Packers have been, I don't think that does anything for me. I, I think it's Saints. I think that's the best team in the NFC to me. Um, that game, though, is it, it does something. and it, it, it makes the Titans whatever I thought they could do where I thought it was kind of, I had been all year talking about how the Browns were better because they knew what they were. Uh, over the second half of the season, I start to like hedge that. Even with the Browns beating the Titans, I thought it was still kind of like the Titans have that upside. When they're going, they have so much firepower that I think I was wrong on that take. This ended it for me. This is the wow. it's Like Never mind the Titans. It's not like whatever that is, whatever that upside is, That's not going to be playoff football that they get a, like it's not even going to be the same run that they had last year. They have better weapons. They have more firepower and they are a worse team because last year they knew that Tannehill was the backup option to giving it to Derrick Henry. Tannehill's job was to take as much pressure off Derrick Henry as he could. So Derrick Henry could run wild. This year, Derrick Henry is still running wild. They are amassing points. They are a worse team. They are less likely to make a deep playoff run than they were last year. And uh, it's crazy to think that's a a possibility, that you could do that. You could take that step forward and somehow be worse. Part of it is the worst defense, but part of it is not knowing that Derrick Henry is the better option. He is the one guy in the NFL that you get uh, what – I don't care what the statistics say. There is more value in what Derrick Henry is doing than if you're getting you know seven, eight yards per play on a passing with Tannehill because it will blow up in your face. At least with Derrick Henry, you might end up losing to a team like the Chiefs, but you're able to consistently stay in the game with Derrick Henry being the number one option, and that's slowly but surely not been what the Titans have done. Derrick Henry's still getting his, but Tannehill's the number one option, and it ends tragically. Great. The Titans,
2: how far did they go in the playoffs last year? They went it
0: to the conference crazy. championship game against the Chiefs and then at a lead. That was like, conference. oh, yeah, I believe well, that's correct. Yeah, that sounds right.
2: I, I think, yeah, I was getting maybe the Texans and Titans mixed up there in my head. Yeah, but
0: I think the Texans was that first week, right? Like that was the, the first round for the Chiefs in the uh, after the bye. Was- I guess
2: what I was kind of thinking was the the Titans Packers game, uh to me was more about the goodness of the Packers than necessarily the Titans being worse than I thought they were. Um, I think the Packers have just really uh you know, they've gotten hot at the right time. Aaron Rodgers, in the last like four weeks, has probably taken the MVP race. Um and we're
0: gonna that's actually gonna be the next topic once I don't know where Justin went, but once he gets back, uh we will have our MVP of uh who wins. But it seems like you and Justin are on the same side. I'm gonna to have to play full-on devil's advocate as I push for two different guys as alternative options.
2: Hmm. Oh no, I'm excited. So
0: I the you know, um I'm trying
2: to think of who would fit the category um this year. But usually, when I think of MVP races, I try to look at all right. What team is significantly worse now that they've lost somebody? The idea of like, okay, this person has proven their value a year too late, um, is a way that I think MVP should be considered more often.
0: That's fair. I'm trying to think, yeah, who that would be because there was nobody that really yeah. It's the bill. It's like. Because yeah, Stefan yeah. Diggs was probably the biggest, like, jump, go somewhere else. And as we mentioned earlier, Justin Jefferson stepped into his place. So the Vikings didn't feel that loss the way, uh, I, you know, I imagine they would have when uh, he first uh, went off to Buffalo. Uh, Maybe Hopkins? Yeah, except that that's a whole – there's a, so many more things that oh. are the reason that the Texans aren't good. So it's All it's right. tough. It's pretty close. Um, yeah, I I, I think – in terms of uh, you know the the Titans, I'd probably agree with you that that's more about the Packers being good than the Titans being bad. If not for one thing, and that's that that game you're in it in the third quarter, and the Packers put on the Jets. If you're good enough, and it's not about how you know, problem with the Titans, you have to keep up. You have to put points. You can't roll over and die while Aaron Rodgers just keeps kicking you in the fourth quarter. You know, like that can't happen. You can't become a Simpsons meme and tell me that it's not about how bad the Titans are. Oh, it is. Like, I just, I th- that is a problem. Like, th- for them to do that, and like, it, if you go back and you're looking at like, okay, what the Titans do well against playoff teams, like, there is just too many problems there where, you know, the, the one benefit of this year when you have that, you know, push to use Tannehill more often is you should be able to keep up with elite offenses. They haven't, though. You know, they have, you know, packed, on more points against bad teams. And yeah, that led to them being one of the highest uh, scoring offenses in the NFL. But they're also, you still don't see them going into a shootout with Buffalo, with the Chiefs, with the Packers, and being able to keep up with that high scoring affair. Not even win, just keep up. And if you can't do that, then I don't think your, uh, you know, ability to make a deep playoff run, I don't think it's there. I don't think anything we saw from the Titans this year matters. And I think it's even worse than it was last year where they did make that deep playoff run, but entirely because they played a different kind of football. We're going to have Derrick Henry. We're going to go old school. We, we've been told it doesn't work, except Derrick Henry is the outlier. He can make it happen. And we just need Tannehill to be just good enough. Now they're going in with a completely different plan and they're not even doing it well enough to keep up with these top teams. So now I am taking it as this was a bad sign for me, where I thought the Titans, maybe I wouldn't have bet on them to do too much, but I could imagine it. Now I will be hella surprised if the Titans can even win a single playoff game. Um, the, we, we are going to just finish up. We're going to go to that MVP debate. We got to get there and I'll let you two start. Apparently you guys are on the same side. It's just Aaron Rodgers. He's just won it. He's just taken all the, all these great victories against the Titans and against the Titans. He Whoa. is <laughs> piled up points. Beat the Eagles by two touchdowns. The point is he is on. Right now, it, there's no arguments to say anybody else's MVP. Maybe, Maybe. there. Is. We'll get to it in a second, but I'll let you guys say why. It's very clear because you guys are both on the same side. He's just won it. Tell me why Aaron Rodgers is your MVP this year. We'll start with Justin. Well,
1: back it's like what I just you know what, what what I told you before we got started. It's it's just looking at the different comparisons of of recent games between the, the two and Mahomes and Rogers. Mahomes has really struggled in 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 certain ways recently to where you're seeing a more uh consistent aaron Rodgers, and i i'll probably say this and it's probably true Rodgers is throwing to less weapons minus Devonte adams unlike mahomes where he's got hill he's got kelsey
0: and i know what we, we you talked about it. hardman who's been more huh? one more weapon he has one more elite weapon over Aaron
1: Rodgers. Yeah, and it'd be, yeah, fewer. I you, think, you know, th- throw in to throwing to, a, I know Edwards Hilaire is not in there right now, but you can throw in, you can throw it to, you can throw to Bell coming out of the backfield. That, that's another weapon you can add to the arsenal for Mahomes. And yeah, Rodgers can do the same thing with, um, with uh, the rookie Dylan from Boston College, or throw it to uh, Jones coming out of the backfield. So maybe Rogers has got maybe a little more of a, a step up as far as weapons, maybe than Mahomes. But uh, overall, the point is, I think Rogers has just been playing better recently compared to Mahomes, where I think Mahomes has been a little off his game. And I, I just think right now, I think there's still time. I think Mahomes can absolutely uh, jump back in front. I'm not saying. it's not
0: it, even going to play this week.
1: Then yeah. they don't even consider playoffs. I, I consider
0: playoffs
1: as time to jump back out in front. So. Say, MVP? Yeah. Um, it's a
0: regular season. That's a regular season stat, man. I, to I,
1: me, to me, it shouldn't be. I, I Well, think,
0: I mean, right. but the rules are it is. So I know, I know
1: I the mean, I know the rules state it is, and it's just like also the Heisman Trophy. Wait until after the season's done. Don't do it before the all the bowl games. I, it's just, it's stupid. All right. I That's won't
0: true. argue with you. I, I think uh, I would be willing to, in many sports, uh, reconsider it. Although I do think in football, MVP has to be a regular season stat because it's such a random occurrence in the postseason. You have teams that can get That's knocked true. out in one week. The, the best team rarely wins the Super Bowl. I think NFL is the one where I do want it to be a regular season MVP. Right. Heard, if if you're heard, going to get something I for playoff that. performance, it's a Lombardi trophy and it is a Super mm-hmm. Bowl
1: MVP. That's yeah, I heard a stat today on the zone on Sports Radio 10 that only five teams that were either a, a top seed have won it all in the last, what, 20 years, something like that. It's very, very rare have you had a top seed team, you know, go all the way and, and not get beat because there's been a lot of top seeded teams in years that have gotten beat early. So, yeah, I I get it. It's a regular season stat. I, I get it. And it. Or a regular season award, not stat, but a, award. So, mm-hmm. but right. uh, the po- overall point is right now, I think Rogers is your MVP, and Mahomes was probably, what, two, three weeks ago? But ever since then, I think Mahomes has kind of slid up, and Rodgers has um, overtaken that spot.
0: All right. Well, uh, I'll just say this. If, it, if if I was to say it's Rodgers, it's not the last three weeks that have changed my mind. Watching Rodgers beat bad teams other than the Titans and watching Mahomes have his first two average games, and he still was the main reason the Chiefs got the victory. Uh, I'm not going to slide those in. And neither of those games were worse than what Aaron Rodgers Buccaneers. But, but there are other reasons why I would say Mahomes is the guy, and then I'll have another name uh, up here soon. But I, first, I want to hear Nick's reasons for why he's going so with
1: Aaron I already, I already know the name. I already know it.
2: Well, so uh, one, one thing, uh, I'm not going with Aaron I think Aaron Rodgers probably will win it if I was a betting man. Um, Who are you
0: picking? Who do you think is the most valuable player in the NFL this year? I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to Deshaun Watson. I think, yeah,
2: the the value for a team, the most valuable player on a team, goes. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson, what he's put up, you know, with and what he's done, um, you know, stats wise, is as much as can be expected of anybody, uh, or more more than what can be expected, that he's, you know, he's accurate, and I don't know exactly who he's throwing to, but they're catching the ball. None of us know who he's throwing to. Yeah. And, well, I'm another
0: guy, or somebody. QT and other guys. Yeah, QT, and, um... David Johnson, actually. It's like, it's is, a the backfield throwing to his running back, which uh, only had to- him we're being in there and healthy for a little while now the- Roger
2: is throwing the ball to arguably a, the, one of the best non QB MVP candidates and Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, no. And I think Deshaun Watson's just, yeah. The, uh, the, the range between like his quality of play versus the team he's on is the biggest range of anybody.
0: Um right. Right you know Nick you had me I was going to not I wasn't going to say you're right because obviously you're arguing a different point but I feel like your point just fell off a cliff uh, when you said Devontae ah. Adams is the most likely non-QB <clears throat> MVP like here's the thing not only are wide receivers not as valuable like the, the, the idea is When you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, as much as Devontae Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, you can't be the most valuable. You can't tell me Deshaun Watson gets it because of his value to the team and what he's capable of doing when you go for a wide receiver who most of the time does not get to touch the ball. Even when he has great games, what, he gets 12 catches, uh, you know, a a couple hundred yards. That is so small compared to what a quarterback gets to do when the ball is in their hands. What a running back gets to do. What a defensive player when they're able to stop a quarterback from shredding you. So in terms of value, you can't make a value argument with Deshaun Watson and then tell me that Devontae Adams is on your short list of non-QB most valuable players because that's not where the value is in the game of football. Is not in being an elite wide receiver over. Well, they don't have
2: widespread position awards like best wide receiver or maybe they do on a smaller level but probably like,
0: they have it in Madden I don't know sorry right, yeah like so like
2: positional awards and in that case he would win that positional award arguable and so to say it's like oh that he can't be in a conversation for non quarterback MVPs if he's in the conversation or leading the conversation in a position award for best wide receiver.
0: I'm saying once you pull quarterback out, right? So this idea is you're saying, let's look at the rest of football. Wide receiver is not the top of the list. Like that is not the thing that is like, okay, once we get past, we know quarterback is its own thing. Like if you're picking MVP and you're trying to be real about it, the most valuable it's quarterback. All right, next up. It's not wide receiver. Like even in a league where replacement level running backs don't matter a top running back can have more value to a team than a wide receiver if they are good at catching out of the backfield. Now, the difference between them and another running back is small, but the actual impact on a team can be high. And if we're doing anybody, it's, you know, the the problem is for offensive linemen, they're split up between five guys, but it's whoever the top lineman is. Like, that's going to be more impactful for you being a great football team. The number one reason Aaron Rodgers is better this year than he's been another year is because that offensive line has been great. So take the top guy mm-hmm. over the best offensive he's line. Better. And he's more important than Devontae Adams is. Because I've watched I've watched Aaron Rodgers have great years, throw so it to a broken Jordy Nelson and a broken Randall Cobb, and he's still getting it to him and picking it up. So Devontae Adams is amazing. He's great. But in terms of your impact, that pushing you over the top, it's not the top wide receiver that's going to be the most valuable player outside of the quarterback position. That's all I'm saying, man. So you, you had me for a second. But you guys are both wrong. I'm just kidding. Aaron Rodgers is a perfectly fine pick for MVP. But I think the idea that he's won it over the last few weeks is nonsense. I think if you're looking at the stats themselves, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Like, he's got it. But when you factor in offensive line, we're not even going to talk wide receivers because apparently I've heard both sides of it. Either Aaron Rodgers has the better weapons. Mahomes has the better weapons and it just is a back and forth that nobody can decide what matters more having two elite guys or having a whole stable of guys and a running back and consistency back there where the chiefs. Oh, they got Le'Veon Bell Le'Veon Bell's yet to be the Le'Veon Bell that would make me care to throw him into this debate.
1: Unfortunately,
0: where is a rookie who then got injured and hasn't quite broken out the way that the, that you would expect him to when you're drafting him in the first round. So those other weapons, it is Hill and Kelsey, and then it's a bunch of guys who theoretically are really good. The Packers have a bunch of guys who, while they're not on the same level, it's Devontae Adams and then the rest. The rest are a lot of guys who are not theoretical. They are delivering week in and week out. So that idea, he has the better weapons, and most importantly, over my two MVP alternatives, he has the best offensive line. And so when you look at the stats, it's it's Rodgers, but the fact that it's not by a lot, the fact that Rodgers has padded his stats by taking five-yard touchdowns, where he's like, nah, Aaron Jones, no reason to get Mac any fantasy points this week. I'm throwing it in. Like, the the way they beat the Titans, where the Chiefs would have just finished the game. They would have got up by uh, a couple touchdowns, ran it out, got the victory. The Packers laid it on. They went for those style points, baby. And while that's gotten Aaron Rodgers up to 44 touchdowns, and he's uh, accurate enough to keep it down to five interceptions. Say what?
2: The five interceptions, I wanted to draw attention yeah. to that so
0: He kept the five interceptions, and then Mahomes was beating him on that until the last two weeks. That's really the only big change for Mahomes is he had those interceptions that finally took it from just astronomical touchdown-interception ratio to now Aaron Rodgers is winning on that. That's the only real big change, but the fact that the numbers are not that far off, I think Patrick Mahomes is at, uh, what, like, 30, like seven touchdowns, 38 touchdowns and, and six interceptions. He's got 4,700 uh, passing yards, which really doesn't matter because you can do that in cleanup. But the fact that the Chiefs are only lost one game, it's hard to say that those passing yards don't matter. They would you'd say that if you were a, a bad team that's not winning games and you're just, uh, I don't know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I think, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes, those numbers, they need to be a lot bigger for Aaron Rodgers to get it. Not just because... I'll stop the argument on the receivers, on those weapons. But on the offensive line, Patrick Mahomes is running around for his life. 20% pressure rate that Aaron Rodgers is only dealing with 13%. Like, that difference in offensive line, that's what wins you football games. I know we don't care. It's not a glamorous position. The, the offensive line the defensive line, that's what changes games. That's what gets people over the top, even when you have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And Aaron Rodgers in a pu- perfect position. And the fact that the numbers are even close says, I'm going to lean on the guy who's 15 and one or should be 15 and one by the end of the year. I'm going to lean on the one with the best record while doing this. I'm going to lean on the one who, while has had off games to finish the year, never looked anywhere close to as bad as Aaron Rodgers did against the Buccaneers. Nowhere close. So that's where I would go if I'm going, because stats matter, but context matters too. That gets Mahomes back in the conversation. Another one that gets in the conversation, Josh Allen. Because his numbers are right there with Patrick Mahomes. He's getting the same 20% pressure rate, and he is making it happen anyways. And as much as it's also, okay, Stefan Diggs out there. That's the reason it's happening. He's throwing that damn ball to Cole Beasley. And don't pretend that Cole Beasley is some elite wide receiver. I'm sick of hearing about it. He is a pretty good wide receiver that when you have an elite quarterback just chucking the ball at him, yeah, he really he, damn good. He's a
1: Beasley is a really solid number two or maybe if you had him on other teams, a solid number three. He is not your number one. He is not a lead receiver, but he, he gets the job done and that's good enough.
0: He's a fun slot receiver and mm-hmm. it helps to have his Josh whole, out his, his whole career in mind. And then you add in the rushing and he is such a crazy threat that when we're talking about most valuable, even with the addition to Stefan Diggs when you're talking about, like, what does this team look like without their quarterback? the Packers team, I can imagine with Jordan Love in there, I can imagine them finding an offense that works with the receiving threats, with Aaron Jones as being a workhorse back. If you get rid of Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs, it's tough because the defense is not nearly good enough to do that. But we also saw last year when Mahomes went out, they found a way to win games with Matt Moore, Chad Henney. They don't care. So Andy Reid can steal you some games. That Buffalo team without Josh Allen is garbage. They're not doing yeah. a damn thing without Josh Allen. So if we're going that MVP, we're going all about who? the value. We're taking that argument that Nick made earlier. It's yeah. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the MVP of the who, NFL. Who is the backup, by the way, for the Buffalo Bills? I have, like, no idea who they, they have, are. They have random guys. They probably have Josh McCown sitting on a ranch waiting to come in if, if Josh Allen gets home. Oh, it's, uh, it's Matt Barkley. No. Worse than I thought. The I,
2: point. I, I, is I thought it was I, I was wondering if I'm the backup. I'm not. I'm
0: not <sighs> Nick Adams draws straws every week to be the guy who gets to come in if there's a COVID
2: outbreak. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm not real wild about one of your arguments of just like taking the quarterback of the team with the best record, being like,
0: it's if all things are even, and in this case. It's slightly favored stats to Aaron Rodgers, but I'm yep. willing to even that back out with the fact that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have an offensive line. The fact that you can have those type of just record breaking numbers while you, like, you're you starting right tackles out. Uh, I don't know what happened to Eric Fisher, but over the last two weeks he went from all pro to back turn in. From. Like back
1: in, sorry, back but
0: back uh, in his rookie year. Yes, he he is over the last two years been amazing. Before that, questionable with Eric Fisher. He has looked like that over the last couple of weeks. I assume it's because of an injury, but it's also because they know that you can't double-team him because nobody else on the offensive of line is good enough. Patrick Mahomes doesn't care. And if what we saw over the last two weeks where those interceptions against the Dolphins, like, this is the worst game Patrick Mahomes could have. He won them the game. Like, you just you can't look at those numbers and say, well, that's the thing that knocked him out of the conversation. And we get to forget about... Aaron Rodgers' poor performance because it happened, what, week four or whatever in the season. I think that's nonsense. And so then when it's all things even, I'm going to lean on the guy that I know his top end has been higher, what Patrick Mahomes has done. He didn't have an awful performance like Aaron Rodgers has on his resume, and he's leading the best team in the NFL as the sole reason they're that damn good. So I would say I'd go Mahomes over uh, Aaron Rodgers. But if I'm being cheeky about it, it's Josh Allen, baby. That's the MVP.
1: All right, well, yeah, and we we know that you're not just saying that because he's on your fantasy team,
0: yeah, because fantasy's over. I already lost, and I'm still in Josh Allen's corner. (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Eric Eric Fisher uh, has been fighting a a back injury just like uh, Mitchell Schwartz, but of course, Schwartz is is more severe because obviously he's not be playing in the postseason and hasn't played since what we
0: know he's not playing in the postseason. I thought it was still IR and he did.
1: It is. I think it's been ruled. I think um, I saw some kind of text alert from uh, Arrowhead addict that came out and said that he was he wasn't going to play in the postseason.
0: Because I know that's all that been the conversation is, will he be able to return? And
1: I mean, I I hope he can. But uh, I think from all indications, I think he's I think he's been ruled out and he hasn't played since, what, week four. I mean, something like that. He's been out for a long time.
0: Yeah, but I, I know that was the big thing was like hoping he would be available, like have him on the IR through the, the start of the postseason. That's why these extra two weeks were going to be really helpful is get the rest of the offensive line healthy. Maybe it was still – I I don't think I've heard from anybody that was sure, but it was definitely still that like we hope it can happen. So uh, I haven't seen recent news on it being official, but if he's officially out, that's going to be tough for the Chiefs. Uh, hopefully just getting that rest will be the main thing that can get that off of the line as healthy as possible because if they're even okay patrick mahomes will make that work
1: Mm -hmm. right Um, absolutely
0: so i think that's all for nfl we were going to do bets but we were we were here for a while i still do want to talk nba and what what bets matter in the final week that it's it's nothing i mean not not that i'm not going to make them but me giving people advice bet whatever you want pick random games pick the eagles to beat the washington football team who knows what'll happen this week this is free money or it's not really free money
2: i want to place a bet that just everybody's gonna have fun
0: that's the worst bet i've ever heard (laughs) Uh, let's go nba real fast Uh, uh, i don't really have anything specific to talk about in terms of uh, the teams because i think what we learned this year and i think what a lot of people a lot of insiders were kind of telling us to be ready for is that when you, you have the turnaround that you have after the bubble that you're going in to try to make it back for Christmas Day just so you can keep that slot and not uh, give it up to uh, the NFL, which I didn't look at the numbers for the the one Christmas Day game, but I assume it just blew everything out of the water because that's what the NFL does. So I get why the NBA felt it so important to not give that up even for one year, but we knew there weren't going to be great performances, or at least these teams were not going to come into the season ready to go. James Harden has been one of the most hilarious things that he. <laughs> Like he's in the same shape that I am, and he's still going out. He he did the same thing that got Dwayne Haskins fired. And then for yeah. he's like, small fine. And James Harden didn't even apologize. He's you like, I don't feel bad about this.
2: You can get away with anything if you produce. If James Harden shows up out of shape and then, you know, shoots, I don't know, three of 20 or something, and he's, it, he, then he's not getting away with it he's not getting away with it, but no, No. if if he wants to be, you know, an asshole or whatever and do whatever off the court and then come and drop 44 points, he can get get away with
0: it. I will say this, this is the one time I'll describe it for Harden. It's the, the Jordan gene. Uh, Like he's better after having long nights out, partying, being out with the the boys. James Harden comes back from a, a, you know, uh, second game of a back to back went out to the club the night before, and glitter. he shows up and hits a triple-double. Yeah, he's like... still getting that glitter off of him. And... <laughs> it's still odd throughout the game. Like, the last peat, yeah. because like, you can't get glitter off. So oh, yeah, you he's... can still see it. You can still see it on w- when he gets that final 44th point of a 15-10 triple-double. Like, that's, that's what James Harden does after partying. So in this case, you want him to go out there. It's actually, if he shows up sober, you're probably going to – I don't know, miss like thirty threes against the Warriors in the playoffs, something like that. So just get him out there, get him out to the club. You you need it, and I know it's a it's tough in a pandemic. There's some there's some more issues with James Harden uh, debauchery, but in this case, uh, that start of the year, we've seen teams just get blown out. We've seen uh, that number that for the I, I know Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing, but the the Mavs up what like fifty. Like it was a s it was a number I can barely do in 2K against the computer. Like 78 to like 32 at half. Like this nonsense. Yeah. But then but then they didn't
2: even make a run in the second half. And so
0: they still yeah. won like 30, 130 to like, still like 90 a, something, right? Like no, it was still,
2: still a faster. 50 point, you know, difference. And and that I think was maybe even more disappointing, in a sense. You
0: wanted them to win by, like,
2: 70? No, I, I would have expected the Clippers to get a little closer.
0: Oh, okay. I was expecting a more run from the the, the Mavs in the second. Like If they could have oh, yeah. just kept stretching that out, that would have been great. Oh, no,
2: I, I I was not expecting them to, you know, keep beating them. Uh, I
0: want you to keep Donchinchin the whole time. I want a, like, 50-20-20 game from him. I want you to just... Embarrass the hell out of Paul George so he quits playing basketball. Like that's what the Mavericks' goals should have been when they came out of halftime. Like that's what year. I would have hoped for. Like I, I don't know. It's, it, 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 this is a preseason. That's what it is. Like they didn't get a real one. And although some of the teams had to get themselves prepared for legitimate competition on Christmas Day, everything outside of it for the next at least couple weeks. It might be a full month before these teams kind of round into shape. Because even when you have a full preseason, you have a normal year. It takes you twenty to thirty games before the what you see isn't an anomaly, and it becomes okay. This is what the team's going to be this season. Oh, clearly, and
2: it was an anomaly aside from that one game in arguably just that one half because the second half they played them evenly at least. uh, Clippers are undefeated, so you know. Yeah,
0: and I I would say, if anything, like there is nothing from that game that tells you anything. Like it's like it's one thing to be like, okay, they're, they're. they lost that game against the Mavs. D- does that tell you that later in the season they're going to have a hard time with the Mavs? No. Like it literally gives you nothing takeaway other than it happened and it was fun Twitter banter for a little <laughs> while. But otherwise, not that big of a deal. But it is something in terms of, uh, you know, you're, you're getting these guys back out there. They're taking risk. And although the NBA has probably been the best at minimizing the risk of COVID, uh, it still is a risk and it is getting these guys to come play so shortly after this last season they had to put them in a bubble and now they're not even able to do that the same way like to have that and have it where now you're sending guys out for the next 20 games of like half-assed basketball of like feeling it out figuring out i i I think there are some concerns there it's 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 not ideal for the nba to have that happening uh at the same time you know I i think it's the the so one sport I haven't felt like a little bad watching during a pandemic. I think all the other ones have made me cringe a little bit, thinking of the the ramifications of trying to play uh, in a COVID world right now when things are not uh, necessarily looking up. Uh, mm-hmm. NBA is the only one where I'm like, well, I don't know. They did they did everything right as they could. This is the, the least concerned I am is watching an NBA game happen with guys that I know that at this point, the, the last one was zero players total test positive on the the most recent update so they have very consistently held that down and the only concern is james harden infecting the entire league
2: with Columbia.
1: you know i'm i'm gonna say that you know uh the most impressive team so far has been the uh the nets because uh this is now the first full year you're gonna have uh well let's hope i mean i, I don't want to have to see any uh, news of uh, Kevin Durant going down with another injury or Kyrie Irving going down with an injury. But uh, so let's say this is the first full year you're going to have the duo of KD and Kyrie Irving. And so far, uh, I mean, you're, you're just talking Mac about how a lot of these teams are going to get in sync after what, 20, 30 games. I mean, it looks like already, and it's just a couple sample of games, but they're already in sync already and they're, they're blowing teams out. So I think right now, if you're looking for a team that's looking really good and an early favorite to, you know, make a run at it, it's the it's the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Yeah, I'd say for me, it's less about their record and how they've played. It's more about how Kevin Durant's looked immediately. Like, right, right. We don't know what it's like. Have like, there's been very few instances of a player coming back from an Achilles injury. Even fewer of a big man coming back from an Achilles injury. And to have Kevin Durant out there and to so quickly just be dominant. He's back to, like, uh, he's top three in the league. Like, it took no time at all. And we had questions whether he could even play again. Could he be a, you know, a play but fall down into a, a realm where maybe sometimes he looks like a top three guy but is consistently more in, you know, the the 5 to 15 range or worse? And the fact that he came out and immediately got to that level, the fact that he is working so well with Kyrie, uh, the only thing that could ruin it is James Harden. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that, that, that the way they played, and we we are we also knew that that was a Brooklyn team. They won without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, like they, they got how they, good they were. They got the, only, to the playoffs. The, yep. the only concern was Kevin Durant being healthy and Kyrie Irving being a cancer. And in this case, I think with Kevin Durant on the court most of Kyrie's problems are gone. I think those are two guys that are, you know, the reason they joined up in Brooklyn was because they liked each other. They wanted to play together. And when it is those two, I don't know what happens if they get their wish fulfilled and James Harden becomes the guy. But when you have two guys who score at that level, and then they have a team already built around them with so many good role players, I don't think you're going to get the same issues with Kyrie Irving. I don't think Kevin Durant is such a low profile guy. Kyrie is going to get to be the at least alpha in the media, or in this case, not talking to the media. He gets to be the glamorous one. He doesn't have the same, like, I'm in LeBron's shadow. He also feels more like a peer to Kevin Durant, and he never felt like that with LeBron. He felt LeBron was, you know, patronizing to him. So, like, that Mm. difference for Kyrie, I think, obviously, last year, you still saw the signs. It can go poorly when things are going poorly. But they're so good, it won't go poorly very often. And they're built to be what the Warriors were, what the Warriors were before they gutted their team to get Kevin Durant. And then when Kevin Durant leaves, you can't really, you know, fill the cupboard again and Klay Thompson gets injured. So, you know, they're yeah, how,
1: yeah. The Warriors, that's bad luck. How, yeah. how sad is that by the way? I mean, you get Steph back and you're thinking, okay, I mean, you got your stud shooter back. Who's going to lead you the way, but when you miss Klay Thompson, when those two are not together, Boy, it's a massive difference. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: and I think, in fairness, even if Clay Thompson's there, like, you know, I think when James Wiseman's playing as good as he has early in the year, if that looks like something that can be sustained, which we've rarely seen rookies who have figured out the, the defensive side of the ball as quick as he has. And, like, it, it's hard to imagine that being the thing that puts you over the top, but it could have. And then there were other players that maybe they figure out the role. Does Andrew Wiggins look as unplayable as he does right now? If he's next to Clay Thompson rather than now you're supposed to be our second leading scorer, you know, like what changes when Clay Thompson's out of it, but still, like they are just not built the same way they were pre-Kevin Durant because you right. had to get rid of Harrison Barnes to get Kevin Durant. You mm-hmm. have blocked up all of the salary cap, and it's just impossible to get too many of these, you know, tertiary, you know, players to help out that team. And so even with Clay, it was like, they obviously had the upside. We know what those guys are capable of when they're firing all cylinders. But even Clay, we didn't know what he would look like coming back from the ACL injury. Now where it's an ACL on one, a Achilles on the other, long-term the Warriors are in trouble. Short-term they haven't looked good. I'm hoping they look better. I think uh, Steph Curry, uh, by the time he rounded, remember he got hurt at the beginning of last year. It hasn't played right. basketball in a year. So mm-hmm. I think the Warriors, that's another one where uh, I, 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 I'm not going to say you can't take away from the Nets being like, damn, they're that good because I think what we've seen is what we'll see through a lot of the year. We won't really know exactly what they look like until so, we're about 20 so games far. in. They'll be good. The Warriors, don't judge them by the, how bad they've looked like at the beginning. I think by 20 games in, we'll start to see what is this team really going to look like. That's not saying they're going to turn it around and necessarily be a playoff team because that's a long shot. But they should be fun mm-hmm. to watch once Steph Curry kind of rounds into shape, once they kind of figure out what this team is. And how bad they've looked at the beginning of the season, I don't think really matters. I think those are the type of things, like, write it off as this is preseason for a team that has a, had a lot of changes, a lot of adversity. And I, I trust Steph Curry to start to figure it out and start to get this team on the right track as they start getting further into the season. And, and to
1: kind of point out what you were saying about KD coming back from an Achilles injury, hey, if Kobe can come back from one and play and still play. Yeah, that uh, well. Yeah, I think I think he was was still Kobe, man. He was still Kobe. Was he? Was he? Yeah. I thought so. I don't think. How many
0: playoff series post Achilles?
1: That's because the Lakers went downhill themselves, and and Kobe was old. Jim Jim Bus, the brother of uh, of now of of Jeannie Bus, he ruined the franchise. She had to take over to make it better.
0: You know, Kobe made it better. LeBron James made it better. That's it. Nobody That's else.
1: True. Did That's it. true. But but Kobe was still Kobe. stat wise, he he didn't have a drop off. I don't I don't think huge drop off. Huge. Yeah, really.
2: I I, I would say the oh. the Kev, Kevin Durant Nets. Um, I think they had uh high I think higher ex higher expectations
1: than Kobe in his like later years. Because so I don't think oh, Kobe was no, because the team wasn't very good because they they lost so many key pieces and. They just got so bad.
0: I think player wise, Kevin Durant is one younger with the injury, but I think the big, the variable wasn't just like what their skill set is and what their outlook is. Kobe had already, he had dropped off before the Achilles injury. He was putting everything out there to try to elevate a bad team, but we knew in his prime, he couldn't do that. He can't do it the way LeBron can. So it really, it, it really didn't matter all that much. Kevin Durant is a guy who, if he can get back to top three, he is a major factor in how things shake out, particularly they're in the East. The yeah. East is, is, is desperate. Like we talked about how bad they were when LeBron was out there. They have less now. There yeah, are it's, it's, like, it's really weak. Everybody's in the West. And if Kevin Durant can be the guy he is and be healthy and not have another injury, like that Nets team, along with Kyrie Irving, like, they are the warriors of the East without the competition.
2: And I'm like, still waiting for the drama, though. I, I think they're they're going to have to hit friction at some point in the year.
0: What's the, what's the friction? So that's my point is like, I think the friction normally, you know, like even the Warriors, <laughs> Kevin Durant's friction with them was that even while winning, Draymond Green is yelling at him. Kyrie's not going to yell at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's not going to yell at, at Kyrie. Steve Nash is. Uh, it's like a modern, uh, Phil Jackson type. It's like, I'm not here to like revolutionize the like day to day. I'm even going to let Tex winner run the offense, but I'm here to be kumbaya. I'm a, I get along with everybody. This is going to be a happy go lucky team. And I think most of the things that set Kyrie off, I don't think are there when you are a 60 plus win team, there might be stretches maybe, but I think even then, like, I think the one thing, and like I said, it was like, if they get what they want, if you bring in a third guy, it is now about ball distribution. It's who's taking the shot. Where is usage going? But when it's just two guys and, like, the rest of the team is good around them, like, you're not going to have it. It's going to look a lot more like what the Lakers did last year around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, there's not an issue with, well, I'm not getting my touches. You know, like,
1: yeah, Kevin think- Durant's
0: going to get it when he needs to. Kyrie's going to get it when they need to and it's going to be enough to beat good teams, there's not going to be that frustration. Maybe when you get to playoffs, there Mm -hmm. might be. But I just, even then, I think it it would take uh, a really bad stretch to get Kyrie into that point because Kevin Durant's just not aggressive in that way. The only thing I've ever seen Kevin Durant turn on is he didn't really like playing with Russell Westbrook as high-strong as he was. I don't know why he thought it would be better with Nobody likes
1: playing with Westbrook. Nobody. We're going to see that in D.C. You talk about
0: disaster. That's not true. Everybody has loved playing with Russell Westbrook. Analytics guys point out that it's not helpful to win basketball games. But Kevin Durant is about the only guy, and he didn't actually say it outright. But everybody else says they love playing with Russell Westbrook.
1: I'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, in the nation's capital. I'm not saying he's going to
0: help them. I'm just saying don't pretend like he's this, like, Bad teammate or a guy that people don't like playing with because of his selfishness. Like guys hate playing with James Harden more than they hate playing. Well, with why, do you, why, why do you think
1: he's, he's bounced around now? This is what his what fourth team. He's
0: bounced around because analytics tell you it's not going to win you games. That's a GM deciding it. That's not players decide. Get Russell Westbrook out of here. The only guys who didn't like playing with him uh, were actually the other guys he played with in Oklahoma City: Kevin Durant and James Harden. Everybody else loves him.
2: Hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I. I the Lakers went through, you know, their own adversity last year. When you talk about AD and LeBron, and it worked that AD and LeBron were friends enough that when the when, the Lakers, when the Lakers go on like a four-game losing streak, there uh, was no
1: adversity on the Lakers. I think
0: that the adversity year. was
1: COVID. and It hit everybody. They they were they were penciled in as the favorite in my mind beginning of the year. I, I knew they were going to win it all, and that's even before the the tragic news about Kobe.
2: Yeah, and so they that. I, again, is a lot of things to overcome, and I don't know what the equivalent would be for Brooklyn, aside from another like season
1: shutdown and team chemistry. Yeah, um, they got pretty good chemistry
0: already. Like
1: right, the, right, the, right, right now. But let, let, let's see them maybe if they're in a tight generally spot. Generally speaking, gonna...
0: if you play well, you gain chemistry, and if you can start out the season and already have it, right, you're in pretty good shape. Like that's a good sign that everybody plays well together and they have guys who they just like winning. So when you put in guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they're not upset that they're losing touches. And luckily Kevin Durant and Kyrie are guys, they do pass the ball. Like they love right. to to be high usage guys, but it's not like they're the, the James Harden style where so often they're getting themselves in a position where it's like, I'm going to have to play ISO. That's the entire possession. Like, They're constantly moving the ball around and they just happen to be so good. They often get themselves open and they take the shot because that's the best shot given as those two guys. I Honestly, all the stuff for Kyrie is off the court. And I don't think that comes from any random, like it's not a losing streak. It's not whatever else. If Kyrie just has a bad day, but I think they're built, they kind of know, like they knew what they had with Kyrie. And they are going to cater to him as much as possible. So I think most of the battles Kyrie just loves to fight with people. He's just going to fight with the media and all the team's going to back him through the whole time. I don't imagine like there's going to be a situation where Kyrie is the, the, the one who breaks it down. I guess if you're going like existential, like loving where you're at. And that's why Kyrie's like, "I, I don't love what's happening in Cleveland, even though we won a championship, Boston picked me and I have all these great players around me. I just don't like it here. Like, Whatever the things are that's making Kyrie look for something else, maybe that just happens. But I don't think it comes from anything on the basketball court, and I don't think it comes from how he plays with his teammates. I think most of the negatives for Kyrie, the Nets are ready to absorb. They've built themselves to absorb it. And the only way it happens is, you know, I don't know, if, uh, Kevin Durant just starts to hate him for whatever reason. But it seems like Kevin Durant, he's just as likely to say the dumb things that I hate when I hear Kyrie say, but Kevin Durant just doesn't talk as much as Kyrie does. That's the biggest difference. I think they're going to get along like gangbusters.
1: Well, we'll we'll definitely see what happens. But, um, I, like I said earlier, I think right now the best team to start out is definitely the Nets. I mean, after seeing just the what first two games they blew out Golden State, who I you know, I thought they were going to bounce back and they were going to start out hot with with Clay being back. But of course, with no Clay Thompson, you know, it's it's not, not going to happen. But um, we'll see if they all we'll see if the hot street keeps up in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. My guess would be uh, Lakers are going to very quickly be right there, neck and neck with the, the, Absolutely. the obviously yep. the bucks will start to figure things out because you're already seeing a huge upgrade of drew holiday over what Eric Bledsoe was doing for him. And that's no offense to Eric Bledsoe. it's just, that's the level drew holiday is playing at right now. I can only imagine how good the bucks would have been if the, the Bogdan bogdanovich trade actually went through and he didn't uh end up going to to the hawks after all those tampering issues but like uh, Bucks should still be good lakers are the tough one because they're already playing really well they came out of the gate looking good despite they flipped over half their team like with yeah, guys i think are better players so it's when we're talking about chemistry, I'm not worried about the Brooklyn chemistry. I'm wondering where the Lakers chemistry goes and how long it takes when it comes together. Because I think theoretically that's a better team than you just want a championship. with. Yeah, they, All they, does, You just got to get used to playing with those guys playing and, and finding their role around LeBron and Anthony. Davis. I, I think there's
2: less regular season stress on the Lakers than say the nets though. Um, you know, if one of them were like if the Lakers end up as like a four seed, I don't think they're even sweating it still what, like once they're in the playoffs. No, they'll still make a run if they're a four. Yeah. You know, whereas if the Nets, if the Nets are fall, you know, to the, like the fourth seed, um, then I think we have we'd have more questions of like, oh, are they, you know, as good as we were expecting them?
1: Well, that's just because I mean we, we we've already seen the Lakers, you know, capture it all and they go through a run and we we saw them do it. I mean, this is the first this is the first go around we're seeing of Kyrie with with KD. Can can we finally see the Nets, you know, become a real legit real legit team? Um, but remember uh, uh, what I was going to say now about the Lakers. Oh yeah, they 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 blew out the Spurs last night. And how about? Uh, that assistant, that, that female assistant becoming the first uh, to be active head coach when uh, Popovich got tossed out last night. That was pretty Becky cool.
0: Hammond making history. And my favorite was part cool. was ESPN. Uh, I, the first tweet I saw was like, is believed to be the first uh, female head coach uh, in NBA history to step in for a game. And I was just like, that's a stat you should just have. Like I get where some of the time you just want to be careful because you just, how far do you need to go in the history bank? Like, we should know that story. If there was somebody before Becky Hammett, you should have already told us that damn story. But the, the idea is like, believe be Like, no, she's the first one. They weren't even
2: blow off some scrolls, you know, got some gas. You gotta look at, you know, in the 50s, there might have been a female coach. There was a lot of, you know.
0: And I've seen that, like, uh, one of the ones locally in Lawrence, like, I think it was a mm-hmm. I forget the position. It was some uh, elected position. Maybe it was, like – uh the police chief being the first like black police chief but they were like we have to look back because it could have been one that was uh part of it like back in the 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 late 1800s early 1900s so there was like that it's like okay i'll give you the like you could the modifier is necessary for an nba that they know the history of and that you've already made the biggest deal about her being the first female assistant coach like what would have been the other situation where a woman stepped in as the head coach like It wouldn't have came up before now, but they're like, we have to be careful guys. Who knows if we, 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 we don't have all the information. We don't have to Google it. So uh,
2: She's the man type situation.
0: (laughs) I, they had to be, they had to cover their asses. So they believed Uh, they were the only one. Everybody else just said what it was. She was the first one to step in and, uh, and coach an NBA team. Uh, I think it's already pretty clear that uh, there's a problem. If Becky Hammond is not an NBA head coach, sometime in the next few years. When you think of all the retreading of uh, basketball coaches, uh, the idea that you're just going to keep hiring some guys who have already not worked elsewhere uh, and not give her a chance sometime soon, uh, I think would be ridiculous. So hopefully that happens. I'm not saying they have to rush it, but it would be good to see uh, Becky Hammond get some looks because she's done a pretty damn good job uh, being an assistant for the Spurs. So uh, it was, it was fun to see her get out there and I love the photo of her, like with the, the the mass just uh talking to these like six foot ten guys just like pointing at him and they're like completely intent on what she's saying she's she commands <laughs> that group of uh, of behemoths and uh i i'd love to see what she's capable of doing being a, a head coach sometime in the near future Absolutely. well any other like nba to- t- topics uh, it looks like nick's j- jumping off so that's it that's Hey, he, he's calling it quits. He's he, he's the only one smart enough to get us on out of here. That's all we have for this episode of Too Many Points on the Tell Me More podcast. Uh, try to be back next week. I uh, started to get some rest, so maybe now we can go back to, to two a week, uh, particularly going into the NFL playoffs. But that's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in to Too Many Points on the Tell Me More podcast. Later, folks. See you next year.